The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. Connecting every life to Jesus. That is what we are all about here at White River Christian Church. And we don't mind if you've heard that a hundred times or a thousand times. It's actually our goal that no matter who you are, if you're a member of White River Christian Church, if this is your first time and you're trying to find a church home, or if you're still even deciding what you think and believe about Jesus, at minimum, we want you to leave and know, hey, this group of people, I know what they're about. They're about connecting lives to Jesus, because that is exactly what we are all about. And uh, we have two weeks today, from today, counting today, sorry, that we're in this new sermon series, uh, highly questionable, before we head outside all of our locations for summer Sundays. We couldn't be more excited to be outside and to uh, connect with new people. Um, but this series is really our everyday how-to How do we do this? How do we do what we say all the time? How do we equip you and how do I connect lives to Jesus? Because if we say all of this, we need to be living this out. We need to help you. If this is really why we exist, it's our job to help you. And one thing that we know is that it takes a gifted and called team of pastors and leaders to equip you, the church, to do this. And um, I have an exciting announcement today, especially for everybody that's up at Remnant today in Arcadia, is that we have hired a new Hamilton North Campus pastor. His name is Mark Sullivan. He and his wife, Shelly, they will be joining us at the end of July. We couldn't be more excited to have them. They're coming to us from Hebron, Kentucky. They have two boys in middle school, Caleb and Luke, and we can't wait for you to meet them, especially everyone in Arcadia. But we know that everybody here here at White River, no matter what campus you attend, we are all in this together and we care about the success of all of our locations and uh, we wanted to share that with you today and uh, pray together for that family and for the church that he's coming to us from, which is Lakeside Christian Church in Northern Kentucky. So would you pray with me? Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you and thank you for Mark and Shelley. We ask God that you would uh, bring them uh, here to White River Christian Church here in just a few weeks and uh, start their ministry off well. Pray that their boys would transition, that you would help them sell homes, find homes, do all of that transitioning. Um, But in the meantime, help them to finish strong at Lakeside Christian Church, uh, a fellow church who's doing great work and kingdom work. And we pray for the ministry of that church and those wonderful people. Uh, We pray for them to continue to thrive in their next season as well. Um, We are grateful to do uh, this kingdom work together, not only with White River, but so many like-minded people all around. Uh, We love you, Jesus, and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we are on a quest to live highly questionable lives. And we have seen that as we open up the scriptures, as we look at the habits and the instructions that this book has for our life, it changes how we live. And it makes us people that invite questions from the people around us just by how we live. And we've been 
going through an acrostic that we found as we've looked at some of these habits, and it's spelled out bells. And we've been looking at these habits, that these are habits that come from scripture that make us highly questionable Christians. And this is, again, how we are connecting lives to Jesus. And we've encouraged you the last few weeks, bless people. It's not super complicated. Just bless other people. And by blessing, that just means relieving burdens in people's lives. This could be small burdens, large burdens, but we are a people who are called to bless others. It doesn't matter what they believe, how much money they have, who they are, what they look like. We bless them. We also eat with those same people. Pretty simple instructions. We get to eat all the time, but we eat with other people intentionally. This is a great instruction, is it not? Eat with other people. At work, don't eat by yourself. Eat with somebody. Get to know them. Have people over to your home. Eat with others. These are simple habits that Christians have and that they live out. When last week we talked about listening. Listening to other people in our life, that we are to be quick to listen to people that disagree with us, to people that don't even believe the scriptures, that we listen to them first. And we said, we're not going to connect anyone to Jesus if we don't listen to them. And so we're going to continue this and look at how we can learn and be sent as well. Uh, But today's message is actually kind of a part two of last week. We said, listen to others, but we're not going to get anywhere if we don't listen and learn from Jesus. In other words, we won't connect anyone to Jesus if we aren't. If we aren't connected to Jesus, we're not going to be very good at doing that. And it's quite simple. And maybe that's so obvious that we miss it, but it's almost like when you plug your phone in at the end of the evening and uh, there was 1% and you wake up and it's dead and you're like, what happened? I thought I plugged my phone in. And you're like, oh, the power strip was off. You know, have you ever done that? That happens from time to time, right? Because the power was not going to the phone, even though you thought you were plugged in. And this is the same way. If we are not connected to the true power source, we're not going to accomplish our mission, It is that significant. If we're not daily, if we're not regularly connected and listening and learning from Jesus, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And did you know that this is something that is so important? It defined God's people for really all of time. That there is a prayer in the Old Testament that is repeated in the morning today. It's repeated in the evening, even now, and throughout the day. Jewish people still say this prayer. In fact, Jesus himself would have repeated this prayer over and over and over again. It was tied on their homes. It was tied even for some of them on their hands and even on their heads. A prayer that said this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is what it says. This is what they repeat over and over and over again. Listen. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And they would continue, but those are six Hebrew words that they would repeat over and over and over again. And the very first word that little Jewish boys and girls would learn how to pray would be, 
listen. Listen to who? Listen to the Lord alone. The Lord our God. The one true God. And this prayer has a name. It's called the Shema. And we don't teach you Hebrew that often because it looks funny and you read it backwards from English. It reads right to left. It's really confusing if you're an English speaker like me. But um, this word is so significant that we have to know what it is. And this prayer is called the Shema because this is how the prayer starts. So a little Hebrew-English translation together. It says, Shema, O Israel. Shema, listen, hear. Shema, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. We Shema the Lord. That is what God's people do We listen, we hear, we obey what we hear from God and God alone. That is who we listen to. And that is not only the foundation of the Jewish faith, it's the foundation of our faith. This is how we are to be described, that we're going nowhere if we don't shema God. We have to be connected to him if that's who we are, if we're connected to him and call ourselves Christians, we have to learn and listen to him alone. Now, this has been the cry of God's people for ages because he knows that who we are listening to makes all the difference. Those inputs matter more than anything else. Who we are listening to. And I've learned this lesson many times over. I'm sure some of you have as well. Just a couple weeks ago, my family, before Memorial Day, we were on vacation. We were in the Smoky Mountains, and we finished our time there, and we were headed east a little further to North Carolina. And I'm kind of an old-school map guy. I love looking at maps and finding all that stuff. Um, And I was like, Katie, there's a little shortcut I've got the directions on this one. We can get through right here. We can get through the national park and scoot over to North Carolina a little quicker if we go my way, right? And um, we were headed that way. I'm giving the directions, and um, it was getting a little tighter, getting a little windier. I'm getting a little more concerned, and so I punch it in the phone in the GPS, and it says, keep going the same route. And I'm like, see, I know what I'm doing. And we go a little further into the part of the mountain where there's like cars in front of the yard, you know, everywhere. And you're like, I don't know where I'm at. This isn't like Noblesville or Hamilton County, but it seems like a nice place until we get to this one house. I'm sure they're fine family. I'm sure they're wonderful people if you got to know them. But there was this huge sign that said, your GPS is wrong. Get off my property. (laughs) So hi, let's turn around. Um, not the right directions, I'm sorry. Where you take your directions from matters. It really does. (laughs) We didn't make our travel time goals that day, just for the record. But where you take your directions from matters a lot. And we, as a people, we take ours, we shema. We hear, we listen, and we learn from God, God alone. That is who we take our directions from. 
So, in your Bible, in your device, turn to John 16, because at the end of John's account of Jesus' life, we hear from Jesus. We hear how you and I are to listen to God. He tells us, this is how you listen to the Lord. He's giving instructions for how to stay connected to him before he dies and raises from the dead. He's telling his disciples, this is so important. I have these instructions for how you stay connected to me. So John 16, five, and this is what Jesus says. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Jesus is saying to them, hey, I've told you, I've got a job to do. I'm gonna die for your sins. I'm gonna raise from the dead and I'm gonna go be in heaven with my heavenly father. But he says, why aren't you guys asking me about that? Why aren't you asking how? How do we stay in touch with you, Jesus? You know, the whole point is to stay connected with him. And he's like, you're not even asking me. He says, instead, verse six, you grieve because of what I've told you. He's basically saying, you're pouting about this, that I am leaving, and you're not really worried about the relationship. Why? Stop pouting. And I think it's kind of a very interesting strategy on Jesus' part. He came here to establish a relationship with his people, to make it right, to die for our sins. And he says, you know, we're going to stay so connected, I got to go. I'm going to go. And that's Jesus' strategy. I got to go, but don't worry. We're going to stay connected. And he continues. This isn't conventional, but he says, but in fact, don't worry, guys. In fact, it's best for you. You know, I know this doesn't make sense that you'd rather have me by your side to walk you through life, that you could just call on Jesus to be right here and watch me and see everything I do and repeat what I say, Uh, but it's best for you if I go. That's hard to think about, isn't it? Is it really best? I mean, we have to trust what Jesus says, but he's saying it is best if I go away because if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying the reason that he's still not walking around and showing you and I how to do this life is because he says it's best for you. This isn't just for the disciples. It is for them, but it's for us too. Why isn't Jesus here walking around? Because he says it's best for you if I leave because I have someone I want to send to you in my place, an advocate. And this word advocate means counselor. It means comforter. It means encourager, the one who comes alongside. And this is none other than the Holy Spirit himself. And Jesus has said this earlier in chapter 14 and 15, that this advocate that he's gonna send is the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of God, the very spirit of Jesus He is sending into the world. It's best for you. You see, as I think about what Jesus is saying, it could only be best if I know how to interact and hear the Holy Spirit. He could be in my life, but if I don't know how to understand him, if I don't know 
when it's him or somebody else speaking to me, it's probably not best. Because, I mean, can you think about this? I mean, how could we listen and learn from the Holy Spirit? How does this work? This is such a significant question for the life of a Christian. This is our source of information. This is what Jesus is saying. This is how you listen and learn to God from God now is through his spirit. But this is exactly in line with what God has said for generations and generations that you must shema, you must listen to the one true God. But that one true God is a triune God. Yes, we have God the Father, but we have Jesus who demonstrated, he showed us who God is in the flesh. He showed us what God looks like and what he is and what he does in his heart. And then Jesus is saying, his spirit, God himself, is going to come and be in you. And that is so much better than Jesus being somewhere else over here that we could watch, that we have the very spirit of God in us. But it's hard because we can't see him. It's sometimes, I mean, you can't smell him. You can't touch him, right? You could do that with Jesus and the disciples were like, you know, this is Jesus. He did everything right. He knew exactly what to say. He healed people. But how could we follow this spirit? And so Jesus helps them understand and helps us understand how do we hear? How can we tell if it's the Holy Spirit speaking or something else? And so he continues, thankfully, in John 16, verse 8. He says, when he comes... He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Jesus gives us some tests for us you and I today to know, is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me or is this something else? And the very first thing that you can know for a fact, it is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, talking to you when you are being convicted of sin in your life. Jesus says right away, the Holy Spirit has a very specific job. And when you feel that thing in your heart, in the pit of your stomach or whatever it's like for you, when you said that thing, when you did that thing, when you thought that thing, when you didn't do that thing that you were supposed to, and the Holy Spirit's like, "Mm." no. Because it doesn't line up with all the things that he says otherwise. If it's sin as defined by scripture and you are feeling convicted that you need to turn from that, that is the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does. He prompts you. He nudges you. He gives you that sense that you need to turn from your sin. And I realize that it's really hard sometimes because we use this language when we talk about spiritual things. Again, because you can't touch it. It's hard to describe. We use those words. I felt this way. I was nudged this way. I was prompted over here to do this. That's, again, very subjective, isn't it? 
But Jesus tells us you can know that when you are encouraged to turn to do things more the way God wants and to turn away from things that are sin, that's the Holy Spirit. You should listen and obey. You should shema the Holy Spirit in that moment because we know it's the Holy Spirit because our nature is to not do those things. It's to sin. This spring, we did a series on Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And in Romans 7 and 8, if you recall, our nature is to do the opposite. And so you can read that later, but that is how we know the Holy Spirit is the one who is encouraging us to turn from sin. But thankfully, that is not the only thing the Holy Spirit does, because who wants that friend that's all they're doing is pointing out where you're wrong (laughs) or critiquing you and the things that are going on in your life. We wouldn't want to hang out with the Holy Spirit if that's all he did. We'd be like, okay, I get it. I'm no good. No, but that's not who the Holy Spirit is. He's an encourager and he has other things to say and do for us other than point out our sin. Praise God. Verse 12, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the father is mine. That's why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus says very clearly that we know it's the Holy Spirit if it is true. The Holy Spirit, you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you when the thing is true. That's how you know. There's a test. Is it true? Then it's the Holy Spirit. We know this. I just want to slow down just for a second. Verse 14, when Jesus is talking, he always refers to the Spirit as a he. Not because he's a male, but because he's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is included when we pray that prayer in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Lord alone, that is God. And you have not a proper definition of God if you don't include the Holy Spirit, that we serve one God who's in three persons, a holy trinity. And there's so much more we'd like to say on this subject, like Jesus says, verse 12 But I think it's worthy of taking a moment to see here how the Trinity works as Jesus describes it. He says that he does whatever the Father tells him, and the Spirit does and says what Jesus tells him to do. So the Spirit is the very Spirit of the Father and the Son. They are the same, and he says he only speaks the truth, and he is going to say the same message They have the same message. Why? Because they're the same God. That is who we are listening to. That is who we worship. We worship God and God alone. And he comes in three persons. I know it's tricky. It's hard to understand. But this is how the Bible portrays God. That the Father is in heaven. He is the creator of the universe. And that's what heaven is. Heaven equals God's space. Wherever God is, that's what heaven is. Heaven is God's space, and Jesus has existed forever. He's the second person of the Trinity. And he came here to earth to show us visibly who that invisible God looks like, 
who he is, that we could understand and know that God loves us. And Jesus had a very specific purpose and work to accomplish, that he came here to earth to die for our sins and to rise from the dead. And like Jesus said, not to walk on this earth forever, but he ascended to heaven. He's with the Father. And so Jesus does not live in your heart. Jesus lives in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is the one who lives in you and I if we trust in him. That is how this works. This is how God works. Again, there is so much more we could say, but all truth, no matter what truth it is, Jesus tells us, is guided and taught to us from the Holy Spirit. He had a hand in it. So I know it's the summer. I know school's out. But this means no matter what you're studying, whether it's math or finance or whatever, the Holy Spirit is involved if you are learning truth because he says he helps us discover all truth. He guides you into all truth. If you are learning truth, the Holy Spirit is involved and we can be thankful. But again, discerning the Holy Spirit's voice and navigating this can be so tricky. Again, because of partly the words that we use, but mostly because of the world we live in. I would describe trying to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit like trying to hear music in a very crowded, loud restaurant. Have you ever had that experience? You probably don't care what the music is that's on, but if you're like, oh, that's my favorite song, and you're trying to listen to it, you have to really focus. I don't know why you have to close your eyes and like turn your head sideways, but it helps when you're trying to listen to something. You have to try to listen. You're like dialing in your ear to that one song among all these conversations and noises around you, the clanging, the eating, the talking, the other stuff going on, just the sounds. And you have to tear away all those sounds and dial into that one thing that you're trying to listen to. And that's what it's like for us in a very crowded, busy world, trying to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. It's really easy to ignore it. It's really hard to hear it, but that doesn't mean that it's not there and that doesn't mean that you can't do it. We use these tests, we are encouraged by scripture and we have to shema, hear, listen, learn from him because this is the one true God and this is who he is and how we hear from him. We do. And so there's one more test that you should have in your back pocket as you try to understand how the Spirit talks to you and how you can confirm whether or not something is from God or not. John 15, 26 says, Jesus was talking, I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. Again, very clear, the Holy Spirit is this advocate. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will testify about him. It is the Holy Spirit when you are growing closer to Jesus. If there is something that you sense or you feel like is from God, if you are growing closer to Jesus, it's from the Spirit. If it's about Jesus, it's from the Spirit. 
If it's drawing you away from Jesus, it's not from the Spirit. Why? Because Jesus tells us his whole job is to testify about him. The Holy Spirit's job is to help us get connected to Jesus because Jesus is all about his Father and his Father's business. And so when we want to listen and learn to God, we have to learn and listen to the Spirit because he is the one that points to Jesus over and over and over again. He is a teacher. He is teaching truth. And I've heard it said this way, that the Holy Spirit is like a powerful flashlight. It doesn't really matter you know, what brand of flashlight, how cool it is, what it looks like. If you're camping in the woods, you can't even see the flashlight anyway, even when you turn it on. It's pointing at something else. The Holy Spirit's job is not to make a show of himself. It's to spotlight Jesus. And so that's one thing we can know, is if something is only and always about the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about the Spirit and the Spirit only, and we're not talking about Jesus, I really wonder if it's the Holy Spirit. If there's a movement or a gathering or or things going on and it's all super spiritual and really encouraging and great, it might be the Holy Spirit, but I think the Holy Spirit, I've heard it told this way, is he's really shy. He's the shyest member of the Trinity, okay? When things get all about the Spirit, he's like, whoa, 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 that's not my job. I point to Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus, guys. Don't talk about me. Let's talk about Jesus. And that is who the Holy Spirit is, that we listen to to the one who is pointing us to Jesus over and over. And he's going to say the things that Jesus said because these are the things that God said because they're the same. And if this is all confusing, I would encourage you to read John 14, 15, 16 over and over again because I think this is the most clear passage that talks about the Holy Spirit and how we are to interact with him. Jesus said in John 14, when the Father sends the advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. The Holy Spirit primarily is going to remind you of things that he's already said. Yes, he can come up with new things. God can say whatever God wants to say. But the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is going to remind you more often than not the things that he has already said. He is the one that's going to illuminate this book if you have a hard time understanding it. He's going to help you, guide you into truth. That's his job. That's who he is. He's going to say the things that Jesus has said. And if he's going to say something new to you, It's probably to convict you of your sin or to guide you into some kind of truth because that is who he is and what he does. Jesus' words in John 16 feel so appropriate to me today. There is so much more I want to say. So much more I want to tell you. And this really, because this is the essence of the Christian life, if we can dial it in and learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, learn how to learn from him, it changes your life. If you can live a life in step with the Holy Spirit that pleases Jesus, you will fulfill your purpose. You will do what he wants you to do. We will connect lives to Jesus if we are dialed in and we are listening to his spirit regularly, consistently. 
because that is who we are because we're not gonna connect anyone to Jesus if we're not connected ourselves. And this has always been God's plan. It really has, that this is what is most important to him. Not that you're doing things for him, but that you are listening to him more than anything else you could do. That is what he wants from you. You know that before God gave any commands in scripture, this is the command that he gave. In Exodus chapter 19, you can turn there if you want, but Exodus chapter 19, verse five, this is what God told Moses. This is before the 10 commandments, those come in the next chapter. This is what God says. This is who my people will be. He says this, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. God is telling him, I have a people. I want a special people. But what does it take to be a part of God's people? This is even in the Old Testament, and this is true now. And you might be interested to hear the Hebrew of this verse. This is what it says. It says, if you shema and shema, if you shema and shema, you will be my special treasure. You will be my people. If you shema and shema, that is who my people are. That is what my people do. It's not mainly about obeying rules and lists and stuff. I mean, that's what his, our people do if we're listening properly. But what really defines God's people are a people who shema and shema the Lord alone. That is what makes his people. And he continues, and I love this because he says, they will be my people among all the earth for all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. So from the very beginning, God said, there isn't going to be this distinction between priests and laity, between pastors and other people. It's actually just my people. Just people who shema and shema and shema the Lord. If you can listen and learn and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that is what makes you his people. And that is what makes you his priest, he says. That's true then, that's true now, that you are equipped, you have the ability to listen and learn to the God of the universe at any point in time because he's saying, it is best for you that I send you my spirit and you have access to that spirit. You have access to his very words for you every day, all day. And we just need to listen to Shema, to stop, to crowd out all those other voices and all that other noise, to hear what he has for us. And it is hard. And so that is what we're challenging you to do, is not to feel guilty about the past, but to be people that Shema, the Lord, the Lord alone. Because we're not going to connect anyone to Jesus if we're not. And so the challenge, and we've given you some simple challenges in this series. If we want to be people that are highly questionable, we're going to bless others. We're going to eat with others. We're going to listen to others. But we have to be listening and learning from the Holy Spirit, from God. Because he is talking. Are we listening? So when are you going to do that? 
It takes time. It takes effort. And part of that is, is showing up with your church family and opening up the scriptures and, and hearing God's word. That's, that's one thing we can do to hear from God. I hope he's encouraging you and challenging you now. But also, when are you going to do that tomorrow? Put it on your calendar. Make time to listen, to think about what God is saying and use these tests that Jesus gave us to discern, is this what the Spirit is telling me? Because I guarantee you, he is speaking. Are we listening? Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you challenge us, you encourage us. You can do so with the same words to two different people sitting in the same pew. We are grateful, God, that you are speaking You're speaking life, you're speaking encouragement, you're speaking love to us, that you love us and care about us. You're speaking about your son, Jesus, how he died for us, how he loves us, and how you wanna change our lives. You're speaking into our lives so that we can stop sinning and turn from things and change our life so that they will be and we can be all that you want for us, that you're gonna guide us into truth and that you're gonna point us to Jesus We can't say thank you enough, God, that you are everywhere. You are omnipresent. You have every answer to every question, that you are here and that you love us and that we can build our life upon your wisdom and your words. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.